TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Uh, Monday mornings can be difficult sometimes, trying to get started, get you fired up for the week, but uh, David Olson, producer extraordinaire, when I hear that pre-cut TalkZone.com on a Monday morning, that wakes me up, that gets me started, that's better than a strong cup of coffee, that's better than a good glass of orange juice, no pulp, no sugar, thank you very much, it is the TalkZone.com. What a way to start off the uh Beautiful Monday here. What a great sports weekend it was. Stanley Cup, we got World Cup going on. A couple of near-missed no-hitters. And we had uh, all kinds of sports action. A lot of baseball stuff going on as well. Big dog Joe Redwanski joining the coach here on the Two Guys at a Mike Show, TalkZone.com. Big dog, how are you? Uh, doing absolutely fantastic and a lot better than I was doing at about 6 p.m. yesterday as a diehard Cub fan. A lot better, Coach. 6 p.m. That was prior to the start of the game. Yes, the uh, Cubs had gotten, you know, lost a close one because they couldn't execute and they got blown out in the first one. And, uh-huh. you know, and you know, in some weird way, I know the Cubs lost the series and, you know, I switched it around, but uh, just the performance yesterday made it a little bit easier to take losing a series to the White Sox yesterday. TalkZone.com. Doesn't that fire you up every Monday morning, it, it, Big Dog? It does fire me up. I mean, you know. The problem is I'm too sore to move right now. So I, normally I do, like, you know, I hear David Olson's yeah. voice, and about 30 seconds later, yeah. I hear that, and yeah, it does get me. You know, you know, what we need we need to uh, change it up a little bit. I'd like to get maybe a, a sexy female voice doing it. You know, talkzone.com. I can't. No, do you it. don't want it. You don't huh? want that run to be completely useless. Coach. I don't know if you want that to happen. Well, I don't know. Just to change it up, maybe you know, on Mondays we could get the regular one, but then on Thursday or Friday, you know, to get us uh, a little bit fired up, if you will, for the weekend. Maybe you know. All right, just a thought. Just a, thought. Uh, Just a thought. Kind of weak. Thank you very much. Big Dog, I had, you know, obviously I knew the uh, Cubs and Sox were playing on ESPN, national TV and everything, but I pretty much had it out of my mindset, was not watching the game at all, came home, I forgot from when, from where, about, um, or no, I was at home at about 9 o'clock last night, and, and one of my son's, older son's friends comes over and walks into the living room and goes, uh, hey, coach, do you, do you know that both games or both teams have a no-hitter going? And I go, come on, what inning is it? He goes in the seventh. You got to be kidding! My wife was right in the middle of a movie. I kicked her upstairs real quick. I thought he was joking. Both teams, <laughs> yeah, you know, some guys, some clown, Glenview Jason. Thank you very much, Glenview Jason, for letting me know. Otherwise, I would have missed the. Uh, well, it turned out to be a little bit less than dramatic, but at least I was tuned in. Otherwise, I would have completely missed it. So I got to thank the somewhat shady Glenview Jason for uh, providing me two innings of fine entertainment. But uh, that was rare, was it not? Yeah, it was rare considering that there's only been one game ever in the history of Major League Baseball that uh, had nine innings of no-hit ball on, on both sides. You know, it was pretty funny. As I was with somebody, and I was like, you, you know, they were like, has it ever happened before? I'm like, oh, it was 1917 at Wrigley Field, Fred Tony and Hippo Vaughn. <laughs> and everyone was like, oh, yeah, that's the Hippo Vaughn. Yeah, next by the about four innings later, when they finally figured out what the thing was, they put it up there. They were just like, are you kidding me? Don't you have anything to do with your life? And I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> 
I was like, I was watching the game with my brother-in-law and father-in-law. Okay. And around the fourth inning, my father-in-law goes, geez, this is a boring game. There's nothing happening. <laughs> Man, luckily you said father-in-law. Now we know what you're dealing with, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was nothing happening as far as like zero hitting. But as you know, this, that was dramatic. Nothing happening. Two no-hitters. How about Big Dog? Now it almost went full seven innings, but... Did the announcers state, or does your vast, memorable membrane inside that uh, vast cranium, by the way, beautiful-looking cranium, might add, might add, by the way. Thanks, Coach. Yeah. Did you shave this morning? Um, not up top yet. No? No. Disappointing. Yeah. Uh, how many games have ever gone seven innings with two no-hitters going? Oh, I, I have no idea, but... Uh... If you think about it, that would be like a 14-inning no-hitter in, in mm-hmm. some weird way. Do you know what I'm saying? I I, I have no idea. I know at least one or two now, but uh, I don't know of uh, – mm-hmm. I, I really don't know of any. They didn't go into that at all, to be honest, Coach. And I can't remember it ever happening in my entire life. Mm-hmm. I can't ever remember that happening. I'm sure it has, but I, I don't remember it happening. White Sox win the series two out of three. They had a five-game winning streak. That would have been a huge win if the Sox could have pulled it off. And I was also thinking, Joel, and I got a feeling you're going to agree, too, that if the Cubs found a way not only to lose the no-hitter in the ninth inning but found a way to lose that game, that that could be the uh, proverbial cliche straw that broke the Cubs' camel's back. They turned out winning the game. But if they end up losing, would that have been the the beginning of the end? Yeah, it would have been, and it's funny because uh, I've been, you know, writing little comments and stuff about the Cubs lately. Uh, and uh, the thing that I, that, I was, that I wrote yesterday was about Ted Lilly. I was like, well, will Ted Lilly convince Lou Pinella to keep him in the game too long to lose it, you know, on Sunday? And that's the first thing I thought. I was like, you know, if he loses the no-hitter, he's got to pull him. He's yep. got to pull him immediately. I know you can't take him out with a no-hitter. I totally understand that. but mm-hmm. uh, And and that's exactly what Pinella did uh Ozzie Guillen sends in Juan Pierre to pinch hit, a lefty versus a lefty. Pierre goes right back up the middle with a line drive, nice clean base hit, nothing to complain about. And uh, Pinella went and got him and, and put Carlos Marmol in the yeah. game, which I thought was a good idea. Yeah, I, I really did, did too. I think he made the right decision. But <laughs> did you see Lou's walk out to the mound? Were you, yeah, were yeah, you watching? <laughs> it's, it's always funny to me. Huh? So, it's always funny to me. <laughs> he, but it's gotten funnier. You know, sadder, funny, tragic. There's a lot of adjectives, but uh, I, I do think you got to find the humor in it. But boy, I, I don't know if he's tired, if he's got constipation, bad gas, he's got the pot belly going, but it's just not. It would be much easier and much more pleasant to the eye if Lou would just signal from the, the dugout for the right hander or the left hander. His walk to the mound is, uh, well, part tragedy, part humor, I guess. You know what? There are people. You know, I've like I've told this a girl about a week ago. I was like, yeah, you know, he was a pretty good ball player, and she was like, there's no possible way he ever played major league baseball. You would think so if you're just following the game now and watching manager Lou. That that's what you would think. And she was like, winning like like the 50s for like a week. I'm like, no, he played into the 80s. She thought yep. I was lying to her. Yep. She's like, I don't want to watch baseball if you're going to lie to me about it. He was a good looking, uh, fairly svelte player, uh, quick. Aggressive, strong, tough guy. You wouldn't think it now watching him as he makes his walk out to the mound, certainly. No, no. That would, <laughs> it's, uh, he looks like a stick figure guy. You know, it's that the only thing is, you know, most people do the, you have the option to do the stick figure. You either yeah. put the round body in the middle or the, <laughs> or the line in the middle. And trust me, when you're doing the Lupinello and you do the round body when yeah. you draw the stick figure Lupinello. It's kind of more like the pear shape, but like a pear that's like way overripe. And then on top of the shape of the body, and, of course, that ridiculous manager's uniform is his expression, 
which again looks like a combination of bad gas, constipation, and maybe a son or daughter that came in too late last night. Yeah, how often does that man shave? Seriously. Once a week, probably? <laughs> oh, goodness. I couldn't gander against. Maybe he just has, he probably shaves every day. He just has a high testosterone hair growth on his chin. Oh, is that what it is? Because that, yeah. never, that doesn't look good, seriously. No, the, the whole picture, again, and as I said, part horror and part humor. But uh, he did make the right call, Carlos Marmol. As most good closers do, Big Dog, they made it interesting, a little bit of a, a walk and then a balk, but he got a couple of big outs and got Carlos Quentin to pop out. So that was a big win for the Cub in the end. Yeah, it is if the if the Cubs have any chance of making this a season. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you don't – there's for some reason, if, if you remember, Coach, there's been a lot of season-shifting series for both of these teams when they play for some reason. The teams seem to either gain momentum or, or completely lose it. Uh, I, I remember in 1998 – the, the stocks are doing really well, and the Cubs are doing all right. And then next thing you know, uh, the Cubs sweep the White Sox, and the Cubs start playing unbelievable ball, and the Sox season was over with. They played horrible after that. The next year, 1999, the Cubs were playing very good ball, and the Sox were playing very poorly. Mm-hmm. And the first series that they played was at Wrigley Field, and the White Sox swept the Cubs, and Mike Caruso, of all people, hit a home run to win a game in the ninth inning. Mm-hmm. You remember that guy? Oh, yeah. He had like four career home runs. One of them was uh, like not a walk up; mm-hmm. it was at Wrigley Field. But you know, it was a put him ahead for a, of the night. For a and brief then, moment in time, he was our shortstop of the future. Well, for the for the White Sox, yeah. And then uh, then there was a point in July that he had uh, twenty seven uh, RBIs <laughs> and he had twenty eight errors, That's... and people were like, maybe this isn't our shortstop like, of the future. Like I said, a brief moment in time. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, nineteen ninety, legitimately after that series, I think the Cubs went something crazy like ten and thirty over the next forty games. It was like <laughs> it was that bad. They they were in first place, and then they they were like twenty games under five hundred for the next month and a half. Yeah. And then the White Sox actually started showing signs of life, and obviously the next year in two thousand, they actually uh, won the division. So, ladies and gentlemen, the voice of the big dog, Joel Radwanski, one of Chicago's great. Sports fans joining us via the phone line. If you're checking us on the webcast, I'm looking around for Joel. He's not here. He is phoning in from his palatial estates out in Aurora, Illinois. Joel, better known to his female fans as the Big Dog. You can reach Joel, or God forbid you want to talk to myself, you can do that too at 888-463-6748-888-463-6748. The last four females that have called in, Big Dog, all we're all excited. Females are calling, and they all want to talk to producer David Olson. They don't want to go on the air with you or me. Oh, I don't blame them. Uh, Dave has that, that yep. beautiful, thick, lustrous hair. It's, I yep. mean, seriously, I'd talk to him, too. Yeah, I, I would, too. It's unbelievable. Here we are, the two you know, the two hosts, the two stars, and Dave's getting all the credit here. It's, it's, something is amiss, my friend. Something is amiss. I, I, I don't know if we're stars exactly, Coach. Maybe, I said loose. Maybe after it goes supernova, possibly we're a star. Yeah. But that's about right. it. You can also email us at Mike Two Guys M I C in the number two. Mike Two Guys AOL dot com. Big dog. We got lots to talk about. Not only Cubs, Sox, and baseball over the weekend. By the way, in the interleague play, bring out the brooms. A lot of sweeps over the weekend. We'll talk about some of those games. But uh, I've got the broom. Do you have the dustpan, my friend? Uh, I have the dustpan, Coach, and I'll be more than happy to uh, let everybody know exactly what happened. Just dispose of all articles properly. That's all I ask from my dustpan guy. Uh, we got World Cup to talk about. We got the NBA playoffs. Celtics beat the Lakers yesterday. We got a little NASCAR news. We still got the uh, conference affiliation interesting things. And a new superstar in the sport of auto racing, or at least uh, on the verge 
of becoming a new dominant member. So we got all that and more. Don't forget the U.S. Open coming up this weekend. Big golf tournament. Big dog. It's a great time to be a sports fan. It's amazing how often we say it. But, uh, again, this weekend reminds you how great the sporting world is. Uh, yeah, there's definitely plenty going on right now. And, it, you know, with the World Cup, was that the softest goal ever in the history of of the World Cup? The goalie, that, that guy Green for uh, the English team, I don't think he's going if, if Obviously, I think they're going to get into the second round. I don't think that should be a problem into the knockout round. But if for some reason they don't, and it's because of that goal, that he won't mm-hmm. be able to go back to England, Coach. No, I mean, that was you're right. The softest of soft goals, it almost compares a little bit to the goal given up by uh, Michael Layton of the Philadelphia Flyers when Patrick Kane shot the goal to yeah. win the Stanley Cup for the Hawks. You know what? That The puck that, that uh, Patrick Kane came in was a, an incredible angle, and he shot that puck at least at 85 to 90 miles an hour. Okay, And, and uh, he did leave a little bit of a gap, and Kane hit the gap. So let's give Kane a little credit for getting off a, a, a good shot in the five-hole. Okay, mm-hmm. But I do agree that it was a soft goal. Yep. What happened? This it doesn't even compare, coach. Yep. The, the, I could have stopped that. <laughs> okay, that's the best way for me. I wouldn't have stopped the case. Mm-hmm. I, I would have just yeah. Went you you, like, you so. keep watching the replay to see if there was a tricky spin. If it took a bad bounce, there was no <laughs> tricky spin. It was a two bouncer with no bad hop, no bad bounce. It just he had his hands too close together. Yeah, is what yeah, happened, exactly. and it bounded off his uh, outside finger, outside thumb. Yeah, mm. and. Uh, it, you know, what's being lost is what moves by Clint Dempsey to get the actual shot off. Yep. You know, to control the ball as long as he did. And, and you know what, no matter what anybody says, oh, it was a soft goal, blah, 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 you miss every show, shot you don't take. Mm-hmm. You know, so Shoot the puck. part of it is if you if you get a, a really, really hard shot on goal, yep. okay, sometimes, you know, you get lucky and something like that happens, and mm-hmm. that's what happened. United States won, England won. I've totally been hooked on the World Cup this morning. Big Dog watching Denmark take on the Netherlands. Yesterday I taped Algiers against um, Slovenia, the two teams yeah, in our, in yeah, our bracket. Was. Yeah, which yeah, was, was. Uh, you know, the, by the way, the whole red card, yellow card thing is really, really bothersome because um, I thought Algiers, is it Algeria or Algiers? Yeah, by the way, I looked into that, and they lost the Civil War. Algeria. <laughs> so it is Algeria again. It's Algeria. All right, thank you very yeah, much so for I doing your... Last week. Thank you for the historical homework over the weekend. You just took the place of our geographical expert, normally our producer, David Olson. But Algiers loses the game one nothing to Slovenia. I thought Algiers outplayed them, but they had to play 10 against 11. The last 20 minutes of the game because of a cheap... Or if you want to use the word soft, red card. So I love the World Cup. I hate the whole yellow card, red card thing. What I don't like about it is if there, there's got to be some sort of replay. You've got one guy on a field larger than a football field mm-hmm. that has to watch 22 players. Well, 20 because well, the goalie usually isn't going to get involved in stuff. No, the line, the line judges help you make calls. Oh, okay. Yeah, the linesmen do help make calls. But, but in this one... The, it was like the star player for the Algeria team, and he reached out his uh, arm, his hand, for a blatant handball in the goal area. Okay? okay. And the other, going for his own goal, so it would not have been a penalty shot. And apparently, if you do it blatantly, you get a yellow card just for that, which I didn't quite understand. He goes up to the referee, doesn't hardly says anything, but he questions it a little bit with his arms outright. Boom! Out comes the red card. Out comes the red card. He's out of the game. They have to play short for the whole game, and he's out the next game. Way over reaction. The referees are way too sensitive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You, you gotta, you gotta let a, 
mm-hmm. I, you know, that's that's too bad. That's that's really too bad. Who do, you don't know what he said, and maybe no. there was something lost in translation there because, you know, who knows? Maybe in Algiers, uh, who knows what the sound of like <laughs> what are you talking about? Means. You know, that that could that could rhyme with anything or sound like anything if you know it's what true. I mean. True, so, that's true. Things can get as you said lost in translation between player to player. And player to referee, you got to be careful what you say. By the way, don't tell me the score of the game going out right now, Japan and Cameroon. I've got it taped and plan to watch it about 10 o'clock tonight. Thank you very well, much. Here's here's what I want to tell you. is uh, I thought this World Cup was supposed to be uh, popular. Either it's, it's not as popular as people said, or uh, in the, there's a lot of people dressed up as empty seats. <laughs> What the, what the heck's going on here? They only do this once every four years. I thought Japan traveled well. And this is Cameroon. It's in Africa. <laughs> you thought Japan traveled well. No, I, I thought they did. Seriously. <laughs> I was all excited to see all, like, the, 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 uh, all the Japanese girls in the stand. There's nobody in there. There's nobody at the game. And Cameroon, sure like you in said. The, in the upper bowl there is, in the lower bowl, Coach. Yeah. In the first half, there was nobody there. That's unbelievable. And, Unless maybe the bathrooms are so bad at that place, because I only watched the last like ten minutes of the first half, and now mm-hmm. I'm watching the first, it's starting to fill up a little bit, but mm-hmm. a little disappointing yeah, with how many no, empty seats there are. No excuse for empty seats in the World Cup, the greatest sporting event in the world. If you look outside the United States, no question about it. Interesting, Cameroon, of course, uh, one of the local teams. They should get a great crowd following. By the way, I don't know if you've noticed in the game is the camera work, the photography, the replays have been sensational. I don't think I've ever seen a sporting event where we've got more dramatic, up-close, clear looks at great plays, physical plays, those head balls where guys go crashing into each other or when guys get tackled from behind and the look and the expression and the pain on their faces. I don't know if you've noticed yet, Big Dog, if you haven't, check it out. But uh, the replays of photography have been sensational in the World Cup. Uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to upset you here, but I think it would be kind of easy. In the World Cup, it's very easy to follow the ball. Okay. Okay. Do, do you see what I'm getting at? Yeah, I do. And, and the cameras are just absolutely phenomenal nowadays. Mm-hmm. You get a good cameraman in a sport where, like, you know, if you get like football, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on, and there's legitimately in soccer, you have four people or five people around the ball mm-hmm. that are legitimately in the play, and then you got 18 other people who are jogging into position. And so you know what I mean? It's, there's it's easier to follow the ball. I'm not saying there's less action or it's not as good sport. And I'm not trying to get into that soccer fans. That's mm-hmm. not what I'm talking about. World but Cup. it's just easier. It's easier to get follow the ball. World Cup fans, soccer fans, we talk a little uh, World Cup here on the two guys in a mic show, 888 David Olson, I'm not sure if you're listening in uh, a Cameroon, a Uruguay, or a Ghana right now. I'm assuming they can't just dial up the 888 number. There's got to be like some special number, right? There is. You want me to go look for it? Not particularly, okay. no. Let's just, you know, <laughs> we encourage you to find out from you, your you, local. Use email. Huh? If, if you're in Cameroon, okay. use email. So they don't have to punch in anything special for email? No, they don't. So a uh, uh, fan of Ghana right now. It's wide web, Coach. So we're <laughs> well, it's worldwide telephone system, too, but you got to dial a special telephone number. Unless you got a really cool Cameroon accent, then you right. can call. I'd love first email that comes in from Ghana. Can we send them some special tickets, Big Dog? Schaumburg yeah. Flyers game, something like that. By the way, you know I was I was joking around, Coach. I was like, hey, I, I was uh, I got a cab ride from a guy from Ghana. He was a Ghana. He was a prince back in his country. How often do I say that, Coach? Do you know how many princes they got on their team in Ghana? <laughs> yeah. I mean, legitimately, they got like six princes, and two of them started. Like it's it's unbelievable how many. 
how easy is it to become a prince in Ghana? I need to move there, Coach, because that's a nice pickup line. Hey, I'm a prince. No, for real, a real prince. Yeah, you go yeah. for Ghana for a couple of years, become a prince. You come back in the States, it could work for you. No question. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I uh, credited and complimented the camera people. I'm going to give them one negative, and that is part, for me, part of the thrill of the World Cup is watching the passion of the fans. Joe, you well know. There's something about soccer fans. They take it to a different level than other fans, both in dress and spirit, do they not? Yeah, I'm going to agree with you here on this one. I'm not going to disagree this time. Go ahead, Coach. Well, that they, they're not picturing the fans enough. They're not showing me, the viewer at home, and getting us a, a good feeling of the enthusiasm of the fans. It's all about the game, and the pictures of the game have been phenomenal. But give me a little fan reaction, too, to juice me up. Coach, I couldn't agree more. Yesterday when Ghana scored, they showed not even a full second, a, like a glimpse of the people in the stands partying, and it was ridiculous. <laughs> it was ridiculous. And like, Cloudy and I were like, why don't they just cut away from that? I mean, they were like, it was like people were body surfing, uh, like bodies were being thrown <laughs> out of the, we were like, what the heck? It looked like a war was going on, but everybody was smiling at the same time. So, and, and by the way, talk about, oh, talk about great replays, uh, Coach. Uh, a Japanese player just got kicked right in the face on a, trying to stop wow. a bicycle kick. Wow. And I'm, he's down. Soccer, I'll tell you, you watch the replays, and it, it is a violent game. I mean, it okay. absolutely is a violent game. It, it absolutely, especially when, you know, uh, I mean, it is a violent game. When you consider about the fact these guys have no pads on, besides little shit yes. guards and stuff. Right, and, or when they go up for a head ball, you know how much there's very few things that hurt. Outside of a kick in a particular place, if it lands in the right spot, I would say number two is when you go head-on head contact, Big Dog. Possibly, possibly that is pretty bad. But yeah, uh, I mean, no protection, and that is just—I'm surprised some of the players. And those high school players do this now. They wear like a you know a band around their head to protect from uh, concussions and things. I would think that'd be getting more popular in soccer, but maybe it's a male machismo thing. Uh, it probably is the male machismo, but yeah. you know, you, you were talking about like. Uh, like the, the soft cards that they get. The one thing I hate about soccer, and I think this is the reason why I really haven't, I can't like it unless it's the World Cup, is there's way too much acting and way too many much yes. people like, oh, I got knocked out. Yep. No, you, know, you don't see that in hockey. Yeah. You know, people that want to lose position. You know, if they don't get the call, they just keep skating. Yep. You don't see somebody in hockey, like, get touched and then just fall on the ice and look at the official. So, hey, look, look. The only type of acting that I see in uh, in hockey is people trying to make themselves yep. bleed after they get hit with a stick just so they can get the guy a five minute major. <laughs> you know, like professional wrestling, if you know what I'm uh, talking about. Other yeah. than that, you don't you don't see that. You know, so no, that, that, that bothers me in soccer. Just the soccer play. player, you're, you're right. That has always bothered me. But uh, their the their ability to grimace and writhe in pain, uh, you have to credit as much as we don't like it. Their acting ability is awfully good. Yeah, yeah. You, then you know you get some uh, you get some guy Cristiano. You know, mm-hmm. and then he has to sit there with his mouth open, it's so big that you can put a cantaloupe in it, and then his yep. arms wide open, like, why, why? Yep. You know. <laughs> <laughs> why me? Why me? And then what's great about it is they're, they're in complete agony. You know, they're, oh, my God, it looks like they're ready to be carried off, brought to the hospital. You think they're going to be out for a year, maybe a career-ending injury. Oh, my God. And then, like, 15 seconds later, they're up and playing again. Oh, the ref didn't make the call? Okay, I'm fine. 
Yeah, yeah. How does that happen? Yeah. Okay. Now you're sprinting as fast as a as a sprinter. You know, and a yeah. second ago you couldn't even. You were riding around like you were never going to walk again. Oh goodness. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. The phone number, by the way, was a nondescript point of the game early this morning where um the Netherlands had a two zero lead on Denmark. I don't know if you saw this or not. It should be number one on either today or tomorrow's top ten sports plays of the day, if not the year. But Netherlands went for goal number three again. It was. Not a critical moment. It was an unbelievable play. They kicked it over the goalie's head, Big Dog. Uh-huh. And the ball was rolling with a fair amount of speed. Bouncing, I should say. Uh, sprinting. Sprinting back. A Denmark defensive player. Fullback, if you will. Sprinting right at the goal line. Bicycle kicks, if you can picture it. He times it perfectly and bicycle kicks the ball out of the goal about 15 yards away. It was unbelievable play. You'll probably see it on the replays. Yeah, as a matter of fact, right before the show was starting, I, I uh, they, there's a, a save by a defender that you have to see in the okay. Denver game. So they, I didn't get to see it yet. Okay. Yeah. Check it out. Cause it, and it's unfortunate almost that it didn't come at a critical time, so it probably won't go down. It's one of the great plays of the World Cup, but you got to check that on the replay. United States plays uh, when next, Big Doug? I think Tuesday or Wednesday? I do believe it's Friday, Coach. Friday? Yes. Wow. And they play Algeria on Friday, Coach. Yep. Who knows? It might be Algiers again by the time they play on Friday. And Algeria is the team that won, so it actually shapes up to be a fairly big match because now if we lose to them, Algeria will probably advance and England will probably advance. So I would think a loss, big dog, and the United States is in deep doo-doo. Yes, they'd be in serious, serious doo-doo. And to be honest with you, a draw might not be good for them either. Not sure how that would work. How, how does it yeah, work? If we... Check this out. Check this. If they get a draw against uh, Algeria, yep. Okay. Um, Algeria will have four points, and the U.S. will have two. So Algeria will have to lose to England, right? Okay, and and the U.S. team would have to beat Slovenia. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's a lot. To, that's a lot to wish for. You know what I mean? You can tell Algeria. Wait, are we getting are we getting Slovenia and Algeria mixed up? Slovenia won, right? Oh, okay, Slovenia won. Okay, well, so we I, pl- I, I didn't know. I didn't know who won that. Yeah, game, but so. we we play the team that won next game. I'm pretty sure. Then the US, I thought they played Algeria. Uh, we'll get it. We'll get it all straightened out. I will tell you this though: after watching the Algeria um, Slovenia game, both teams. Both teams are plenty good. They will not be a pushover for the United States. I was impressed with the overall play of both teams. Are there any bad teams in this tournament besides South Africa and Greece, though, Coach? I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, really, besides, I mean, Greece got thoroughly destroyed by Korea in the on the first day of the game. Uh, South Korea just absolutely annihilated them. I mean, it was one of those 2 nothing games. I don't think Greece had one good scoring opportunity the whole entire uh, game. So. Germany beat Australia 4 nothing. I didn't see that game, but that does not bode well for the uh, fine Australian team. Well, uh, Germany's a machine, Coach. Mm-hmm. Just ask them. All right. I'm a little worried about New Zealand's game tomorrow, by the way. I'd rather not talk about it, though. No, no, New Zealand's got a bunch of aboriginals on their team. This isn't just a bunch of white New Zealanders. It's actually like uh, they got a bunch of like guys that, you know, uh, they got like original New Zealand people on the team. It's mm-hmm. a little different. 28 years. 28 years since the New Zealand team have been in the round of 32. This is their first time back. I think they got that correct. They're the 78th seed. Back in the World Cup Finals after a 28-year absence, so uh, big though they got to be celebrating in the fine country of New Zealand. Yeah, you know it's fun. other countries like the way the U.S. was like in '94 or or uh, '90. 
they were just like happy to be there. And if they can score a goal in the <laughs> in the opening round, they were actually happy, you know. And they didn't really expect to advance and especially win in the knockout round. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, hopefully things have changed for the U.S. Yeah, beautiful. All right, we'll get back to some baseball talk. We got the NBA uh, Finals game five is done. Game six about to come. Want to talk about that two three two setup too? That caught me by surprise. Big dog and the coach with you and two guys at a mic dot com. Quick, quick break. Back in about 42 seconds. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone and the big dog joel radwanski on talkzone.com yeah big dog i have been informed during our break that our uh, intern louisa thank you very much we appreciate louisa of course she got her nickname no squeeze louisa after a first and only date with you but uh no squeeze of Louisa informing us that Friday is, in fact, the game they're taking on Slovenia. Are the United States the team that uh, did win their first game? So it's a big matchup for the U.S. It'll be held in Johannesburg. Tickets are still available, Big Dog. I don't know how much the flight costs in Johannesburg, but if you can get your way out there, we'll find you a ticket. How's that sound? There's tickets available, Coach? I believe so. That's pretty sad. And by the it's kind of filled up, but still, there's about 20% of the seats in the bottom area are still yes. open in this, this Japan-Cameroon uh, game, and that's that's disappointing, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, any any World Cup game, there should not be uh, empty seats, but we'll see. So, we'll see. So far, the competition has been great. Let's move on real quick. Again, our phone number here, 888-463-6748. Let me throw some tidbits and uh, little news and notes real quick before we forget some of these uh, items, Big Dog. And one is we mentioned in NASCAR, uh, he won his second consecutive race, I think fifth of the last ten. But it bears mentioning that we have a new potential superstar in NASCAR, and his name is Denny Hamlin. Oh, Denny Hamlin is, uh, I, I got to tell you something, that guy has been like off the radar really good for the last couple of years, and it's all coming together for him right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, it's, yeah, he, can, he can absolutely race coach. The one one car, it's pretty good. So, emailer um, Cinemax Cindy apparently not interested in you anymore, Big Dog. On Friday, she was hitting on Brian Bauer, my co-host, uh, Double B, who by the way said to say hello to you. Oh, what's up, Double B? Um, Cinemax Cindy wants to know: Is Denny Hamlin, the auto racer, a married man? Um, I don't know, Coach, but I got to tell you something. What he's an auto racer, so he's getting the finest of the litter. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> When you talk about athletes and their wives, it goes auto racers, and then it goes golfers, mm-hmm. and then uh, baseball players, and then hockey players, yeah. then football players. And ba- working at Nike Town, these basketball players are coming in. I'm like, man, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? Basketball players, that's actually the best taste in women, believe it or not. Coach. All right, so we, we might as well tell Cinemax Cindy if he's not married, he might as well be. Yes, yes. Okay. He's, uh, Cinemax Cindy, you better be a, a yeah. hard nine. 
set your set your targets a little bit lower, Cinemax Cindy, and remember the big dog is still available. You could probably get yourself a <laughs> basketball player. What makes Denny Hamlin's run even more remarkable yes. is he had ACL surgery in January. On his driving foot? Yes. Woo! Yes, wow. and they thought he was going to miss the majority of the season. He didn't, and he recovered very quickly. Didn't yeah. even miss the start of the season, and look at him now. He, he keeps wow. winning. They're going to they're gonna tear apart the knees of some other racers. Wow. That, that is amazing. That, that, you know what, because... Whether they're they're both their driving legs, coach, because they they do the, the stick shifts, whether it's his left or his right, you know yep. that, that's a lot of action to be getting done, uh, you know, with your legs. And mm-hmm. I, I do understand that ACL surgery has come to the point where, like, you know, like people can get back really quick. But that's awfully fast to do it in January, and then by February, I mean they start racing the, the weekend after the Super Bowl. That's amazing, coach. Five of the last ten, Denny Hamlin uh, rocking on the NASCAR circuit. Also, we should mention, speaking of females in the world of horse racing, Big Dog, the great female horse, Zenyatta, won her 17th consecutive race. 17 in a row, not win, place, or show, but win every single one. A beat a record set by a horse you're familiar with, Cigar, and also a horse you're not familiar with, 1948 Citation. Oh, of course I know who Citation is, though. Okay. I didn't know who Cigar was. It's was, it was funny. You got those two mixed up. I have no idea who Cigar yeah, well, is. Well, I'm just trying to read the notes that producer David Olson has given me. But 17 races in a row for the young female she and Rachel Alexander, two of the greatest female horses of all time. You know, last night I had the sound out that I had the TV watching Sports Center, and I see Zenyatta, <laughs> and I said to myself, wow, that is one beautiful horse. And, then, you know, I thought to myself, ah, you know, I, don't, I shouldn't feel uncomfortable about that. That's, no. It's a, it's a horse. And yeah. then I find out it's a female horse. Now I feel a little uncomfortable, Coach, because i got to admit, I, I was a little turned on oh, by okay. that horse. So you're looking at the horse you didn't know it was Zenyatta. I didn't well, I knew it was Zenyatta. I didn't oh. know Zenyatta was a girl. But you didn't? A female. Oh, come on. A horse is a horse, of course, of course, unless, of course, the horse has certain parts. Well, yeah, I didn't get to see those parts, but, man, that's a beautiful horse. Coach. Mo- moving right along, College World Series, <laughs> Big Dog. One of your favorite events, uh I don't think the final eight teams have been chosen. but uh, Not yet. There's some games that need to be yeah. played today. Great, great sporting event. The Super Regionals are going on in College World Series. We'll be following that live from uh, Oklahoma City, correct? Or is it Omaha? It's Omaha. Omaha. And it's the last year of Rosenblatt Stadium, Coach. Uh-oh. What happened to Rosenblatt? Well, he died about uh, 60 years ago, Coach. But the stadium, the stadium, it's the last year of it, so it's a, kind of a special World Series to get to, definitely, because it's the it's the last year, and and uh, they're they're tearing it down, making a new stadium. Nice. So we'll see. Okay, all right, but it's not like they're going to be moving out of Omaha, Nebraska. They'll be putting I'm up a brand sure new. Sure, it's staying there. I'm pretty sure it's staying there. I, okay. I, I haven't seen the, the the new stadium yet or where it's going to be. Okay, but the reason why you confuse Oklahoma City because that's where the women play the softball yes. World Series. Yes, always get those two confused. Remember back from our radio days, yourself, myself, and uh, the Swamp Red Kevin Aran, our old radio producer David Olson. If he cares to travel along with us, I'll throw the invite out to you. But sometime, somewhere, somehow, we are going to spend a week and a half in Omaha, Nebraska, and watch each and every College World Series game. And by the way, you know, I've gone there, Coach. And just to remind you, all we got to do is get out there because I have a condo for us to stay in for free. And it's absolutely gorgeous. So we could we could go out there whenever you want to. You own a condo in Omaha? No, a good friend of mine okay. who built uh Is it Beachfront? You know, no, no, it's, it's uh, <laughs> Riverfront, Coach. It's a Riverfront condo. Oh, nice. He built, uh, he built a... 
the, the casino, the Iowa casino in Cedar Rapids, which is on the other side of Omaha. Okay. Which is, I mean, legitimately the, the, the stadium is on the river. Well, it's like a quarter mile from the river. Mm-hmm. And he, he lives on the other side of it. It's, it's really easy to get to. It's, it's phenomenal, coach. It's there phenomenal. Go. So, uh, you know, you, you go there and I got to tell you something. You know, I, I remember going there and hearing somebody in like a country draw saying, can you believe the Bears are 250 here? This is so expensive. <laughs> And I'm like, 250 for beers? This that I wanted? Yeah. Are you kidding me? I was the happiest. So it's funny, I guess. Uh, sounds like a heck where you're from. Sounds like a heck of an outing. We'll look forward to that. We might even uh, throw out a contest, and maybe one of our fine listeners can join us for that uh, week and a half in Omaha. So are we going to do it this year? I'm up for it. I'm busy. <laughs> I'm up for it. I just can't do it. I'm busy. Oh, but, uh, we, we, I will not forget that at some point, somehow, some way. We will make that appearance. Moving right along, titillating tidbits, news and notes here on a Monday from the uh, Sports Weekend NCAA Track and Field Championships, dog. I don't know if you followed this story, but Texas A&M. Texas A&M won both the men's and women's track and field championships over the weekend. Second consecutive year. Apparently, if you can run or jump, the Aggies is the place to be. Yeah, that, wow. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty <coughs> impressive. Man. By the way, a kid by the name of Riley. Marcus Riley won yes. the 110 meters for the University of Illinois. I did see meter hurdle. And the kid's only a, <clears throat> excuse me, only a sophomore, too. Well, he probably went to Proviso West, right? I believe Highland Park, but I could be mistaken. <laughs> All right. I, I'm just, I was just guessing. I have no idea where he went to high school, but Proviso mm-hmm. West is uh, one of the first powers in sprinting that and sports and here in the in the Chicagoland area. It's it's definitely a better guess than Highland Park, I can tell you that. U.S. Open coming up this weekend real quick. We'll preview that as the week uh, wears on, but one of the great golf tournaments of all. I'll give you $25 cold cash, Big Dog. You, the man of trivia minutia, who won last year's U.S. Open? Oh, that's... Uh... Was it... Uh... Angel Cabrera? That was three years ago. Good guess, though. Cabrera won in 08. No, 07. Tiger Woods in 08. Lucas Glover. Oh, man. Yeah, I got to tell you something, Coach. Last June is extremely fuzzy for me. Any particular reason we can mention over uh, family radio? Yeah, and and I was working until like 6 o'clock in the morning every single during that particular weekend. I did not have no recollection of that. The name does sound familiar, and I was like, oh, yeah, okay. I wouldn't even have got that in multiple choice, though. Mm-hmm. I'm not kidding you. And I am a trivia minutiae guy, but that particular event I did not watch all right. at all whatsoever. But we'll be watching this weekend to see who wins the uh, 2010. Tiger, of course, has entered. Uh, we'll cover that story as the week wears on. Uh, NBA Finals yesterday, Big Dog Celtics knocked off the Lakers. I thought for sure when I was – Watching the baseball no-hitters that were in action, and I'm seeing the score. Wow, Celtics are beating the Lakers at L.A. because I just assumed it was a 2-2-1-1-1. And I'm thinking, boy, an impressive win by Boston. Tuned in the last four minutes of the game and found out, in fact, it was at Boston. I forgot the NBA went 2-3-2. But either way, big win for the Celtics. Uh, that's not a surprise at all, Coach. And if you remember, I, I did. I, you know, we've looked good in our predictions so far uh this particular year, because I did say they would flip-flop wins, and I said Boston will uh, double up on a win, but nobody will get more than a game ahead in this series. So basically what I'm saying to you is I'm guaranteeing the Lakers win game seven. I mean game six. Mm-hmm. It, goes, it goes seven. I'm guaranteeing it, Coach. So, I, will, uh, I will say this. If it gets to game seven, I might start watching. 
I, I probably would do a game seven. I definitely would watch, but uh, yeah, NBA basketball is boring. Give me college basketball. Give me hockey. With mm-hmm. NBA basketball is brutal. Well, but, uh, you know, you watch uh, like when we were watching the Chicago Bulls and some of those playoff games. It was rather scintillating sports action. So I'm not going to go that far. I mean, I agree with you. I like high school and college basketball more, but NBA can be good stuff. I just think it's so late in the year. We've seen the Celtics and Lakers do that. Plus, you, you've had the Stanley Cup run here in Chicago. you got the World Cup going on on top of everything else. It's just it's a little hard to get into right now. Yeah, and I, I guarantee you, is, it, is the next game on Tuesday, Coach? Is that when it is? Not sure. Or are they playing at Wednesday? Is it Wednesday, Friday? I'm, I'm going to guess Tuesday, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it's a Wednesday, Friday. So okay. I, there's nothing on on Wednesday. I'm going to be watching that game six, and mm-hmm. I am going to watch game seven. There's, there's no doubt. It. Well, there was just too much stuff. I have to watch the Cubs-White Sox because that's my job now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, But, yeah, I was definitely – I will definitely start catching that. And, by the way, just let me throw this out there. They switched to 2-3-2 two, two back in, like, 1985. Come so. on. Serious? Yeah. In the NBA? Yes. Bad sports talk host. Just, I mean, it seems like I, most most seven-game series have become 2-2-1-1-1, two, two, one, 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 right? World except Series? Except for the finals. The World Series is 2-3-2, two, two, okay? It uh, is? But it, it, the, only other, the only other one that isn't 2-2-1-1-1 two, two, one, one, one is uh, the NBA Finals. The NBA is 2-2-1-1-1 two, two, one, one, one through the whole conference series. And okay. then the well, NBA that's... Finals, okay. the Finals have been that way since the mid '80s. All right. Well, then not bad sports talk host. So that's an easy way to get confused. All the yeah, other NBA series. You had the Bulls in six championships in eight years. Don't you think you'd have figured it out sometime in the middle of that? It's possible. It's possible. It's a good point. You didn't need to bring that up, but it's a very, very good point. <laughs> but um, I guess the reason that they got away from the two-three-two was that they felt it was too much of an advantage. For one team to have three consecutive games, if you steal one at the other team's place, you win all your home games, the series is over before yeah. the favored team get a chance to respond. Wasn't that the main argument against it? Yes, and then there's other people that think it's an advantage for the 2-2 the two and two team. Right. Because if you can win both your games at home at the beginning, if you can just, you know, you, you get two at the end. You right. know, you get That's a nice safety net to have two home games in mm-hmm. game six and seven. And I guarantee you the Lakers are very happy they have two safety net games in six and seven right now because they're down two three right now mm-hmm. all right so it works both ways it's kind of the uh, the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence you can look at that from both ways one uh, quick comment again any nba fans if you're out there celtics fans lakers fans listening via our uh, beautiful website here again two guys and a mic uh talkzone.com show our phone number 888-463-6748 i have not watched a ton in the little bit i've watched big dog it looks to me like kobe bryant i know he's scoring points but he's going back to his old habits of trying to do too much not get his teammates involved down the stretch yesterday he took some extremely poor shots Okay, uh, Coach, I, I will agree with you, and I am—I'll be more than happy to bash Kobe Bryant because I just don't like the guy. Okay, there's just something about him rubs me the wrong way, and I will admit he's a great player. I'm not trying to say he isn't, but I want to defend him here in this point. Every time I would change the channel in the Cub White Sox game to put the finals on, okay, there were four Lakers standing around, and, and so I didn't see the whole game. Were they standing around just because Kobe decided to take over? Or did Kobe have to take over because he had four Lakers sitting there no. picking their nose every time they were on offense? No, I would say without having seen that specific moment, I think it's the former. 
if you watch one guy do it over and over again, you start to stand around. It's up to Kobe Bryant. It's up the up to the great player to encourage his teammate to get them involved. So I would go the former over the latter. You know, he he took one shot that was like six inches inside the three point line, and it was a chuck with two people in his face, and there was there was twelve seconds left on the shot clock. I mean, pass up like fake a shot and, and pass yeah. the ball to somebody going yeah. to the hoop or something. He took. I mean, three. nobody was going to the hoop, but. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, look at watching that. I was like, oh, this is supposed to be the greatest player in the world? Mm-hmm. I mean, heck, you know, if I took 50 shots, I'd have a chance to score 30 yeah, points. And, and again, I didn't watch a lot of Laker basketball, but I, from what we hear, that's a big change in Kobe Bryant's game, is that they still scored his points, but he got his teammates much, much more involved. So uh, mm-hmm. we'll see if that continues. Game six on the line should be fun to watch. Again, our phone number here, triple eight four six three six seven four eight. Big Dog and a coach at your service right up until 11 o'clock. Big Dog on the line with us. We have not heard from this gentleman in a long, long time. Or it could be somebody else with the moniker Red Hawk. But checking in on line number 18, it's caller Red Hawk. Check it in, Red Hawk. My, my boys, what's going on? So this is the original Red Hawk. You, this is, and Joel, I'm telling you right now, I've seen your game basketball, so you know this is me. You couldn't shoot the ball 50 times to score 30 points. Sometimes you couldn't hit water if you fall out of a boat. <laughs> You've never seen me play basketball. <laughs> gonna, have, haven't talked to him in six months, and he comes out firing with trash talk. <laughs> no, no, you, no, but, you got me going good there. That was good, Joel. That was you know, really you know, good. But I, I will admit this, Coach. I played at the, uh, on our Nike Town team. And we would play other area, like uh, like big-time uh, retail stores, okay? And I was a starter on the team, and this is no joke. We played 10 games, and I am not kidding you. I made 11 shots, and I took 13. But I, I led us in rebounds and block shots. I was that guy, so I would never, ever, ever, ever do that. We had our own guy that took the shot all the time. So, uh, And every single one of those shots, right? Like, I'm not trying to act like I was a good shooter. Mm-hmm. I took one three-point shot, and the other 12 were layups. We're at when layups, every single one was a layup. All right. It works, doesn't it? Red Hawk, there's an offense in basketball known as screener blocker. If I had Joel on my team, I would run the screener blocker offense, and, Joel, you would be my screener and my blocker. And and so I'm going to admit this. I am horrible. I can barely dribble. I can barely shoot. If I play basketball every day, I get decent at it like every human being would. But normally whatever team I played on in basketball would win because that's all I cared about. You know what I mean? When so I, I stopped being able to get up down the court five times, I, I was oh, done. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Coach, can you believe this? I'm actually an athlete. I'm getting ripped here. But if you know what? It normally is easier for people who aren't listening to somebody. If you want to picture me as four foot eight, 300 pounds, go right ahead if you keep on listening. Call a Red Hawk. Red Hawk, what have you been up to? Tell the fans out there, I know you're involved in sports, but give us a quick update. What's happening in the Red Hawk life? Well, I'm actually heading to school right now for some weight room stuff and getting ready for football season to start here in the next actually few weeks. We have camp that comes up in July. As a lot of schools throughout the state of Illinois, they have their camps anywhere from June 1st all the way through uh, July 31st. So it's, uh, it's that time of year again where you start, uh, you know, it feels like spring to me right now because mm-hmm. where you're getting ready for your, for your in-season stuff and, you know, high school football is, is the best, uh, 
best in, in the world, in my opinion. Now, remember, via via the important. webcast, web, uh, Red Hawk, this is a little different than our radio show. Your voice being cast out to <laughs> seven know. different continents and also parts of Idaho and Montana all over the United States. So what particular team do you coach, and how would you describe that fine community? Well, I'd rather not just get through the, the, the team that I coach, but it's a great community. Uh, we've struggled over the past few years, but we've got some things turned around. Uh, just the, the attitude change, and we're going into a new conference this next year, and we feel like we can be more competitive with schools our size than playing schools that were, uh-huh. in some cases, double our size. Uh, so we're looking forward to the challenge, and we've got a couple good classes, we think, coming up, and the kids are finally starting to buy into the weight room. And I know when Joel and I were kids, you know, because we're about the same age, that, you know, kids weren't, in the weight room all the time, and there wasn't those 25 days of contact that you could have with the kids throughout the summer. And it's now taking kids where if they're three-sport athletes, they can have all three of their coaches say, well, we're going to use all 25 days. Well, that's 75 days of contact contact for their individual sports. There's not 75 days in the summer. So it really strings these kids out, and if they don't get in the weight room and lift and work out, they don't have a fighting chance. I don't think Big Dog ever attended spring football, but I do know he did have 25 days of contact in one summer. It was a very good summer, Red Hawk. I, I, I do remember, though, we used to have, uh, trust me, Coach Pete Venturelli, oh, those, those, because you can only have four weeks in between June and July 31st. Those were some hellacious summer days. Yep. I can't, I can't yep. even explain it. You can't, I mean, we, we didn't have equipment on, and there was all this other stuff. Uh, but we used to have these tackling bags, and oh my goodness, I, I, I swear to you, some of those practices were harder than our August practices. Some of them, not all of them, but yeah, they yep. they were hellacious practices. So, and the thing was, the rules back then for us, Joel, were completely different than they are now. Oh really? Yeah, they're completely different because now you can go full pads throughout the summer. You can? You can go full pads. And we're actually going to use uh, – I, I had a two-week camp last summer. We're going down to a week camp this summer, and we're going full gear. Yeah, it's, it's funny you said that because I was going by the Oak Park uh, facility the other day and saw kids out there in full pads. And I'm like, yep. well, how the heck do these – but they didn't have, like, the same jerseys on. So I was like, what – are these guys just out there playing by themselves? But there was, there was like, 60 kids. So that explains it. That totally yep. explains it. It's, it's, it's amazing – with the rules that they have now. You know, with basketball, you, you could have a summer league when we were in high school, but the coaches couldn't coach. Now, heck, the coaches can coach it. Heck, the coaches can buy you uh, uh, free shoes and, 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 oh, I'm sorry, I'm watching the World Cup. And uh, they can buy hey, you don't tell me the score. And stuff. <laughs> it, I'm just, I'm, it's, it's, it's a lot of hard work. And, you know, it's, it's the greatest career that's out there, in my opinion, is teaching and coaching. But it's uh, it's a lot of work. you got to put a lot of time and effort into it, and it's not just the coaches that do it. It's the kids that also have to put their time and effort into it. And the way that kids are strung nowadays and, and the way that they're they're made nowadays, it's hard to, to get their, uh, their focus and attention for long periods of time because there's so many different things out there that they can multitask with. What, uh, what uh, class do you teach? I teach algebra and geometry. Oh, so a legitimate class. Yeah, <laughs> core classes that I have, to, I have to teach and get these kids ready for for uh, state testing and things like that. So it's uh, 
it's a challenge, but you know, it's also yeah. a fun challenge too. See, let me let me backtrack you a segment here, and I don't want to be in limited time here. We don't have time for a all-out discussion. But how sad is that? That the first thing Red Hawk mentions as a very well-respected, I'm sure, algebra and geometry teacher is that he has to teach Big Doug. Did you catch that? For the yeah. state tests, instead of teaching the kids for the enjoyment or for the learning, so much of teaching today is so that the kids can pass the test. That's not an insult to you, Red Hawk. That's a statement. Oh, no, you're right. It's, it's, it's a funny thing. It's, it's a pretty discouraging thing as a teacher, and I don't mean to, to bash, you know, the government or anything like that, but, you know, they keep saying that we're so far behind other countries as far as education goes, which is true, but we also, you know, we have these mandated tests. You know, if we're behind these other countries doing hands-on things and their technology and the things that they offer their kids, I still firmly believe that we're the best country in the the world, but, you know, we still have things that we have to change, and our mindset right now is to get these kids prepared to take tests, but yet we also have to do other things in the class with limited time to get them prepared for real-life skills. Um, so and it's kind of a catch-22. I mean, sometimes you, your, your, your capabilities are, are with the time that you have in class that you don't have enough time. Yeah, there you go. That's the, uh, I don't, you know, again, we don't have time to get into all the logistics of it, but uh, I, I do think that's a problem with our current educational system. More importantly, though, Red Hawk, more yep. importantly, great to hear from you. I'm glad you're doing well. We thought possibly we had lost you or that you might have got traded to another state. Well, I, I still I still watch uh, watch Joel on uh, on Black and Blue City. Joel, you look great. Uh, you look I appreciate great. that, Red Hawk. Uh, <laughs> I, I do. I, uh, fun to watch. Uh, yeah, hopefully other people are looking at blackandbluecity.com. Check it out, people. It's it's fun, and the other thing is, is you know, I had to call you guys. I wish I would have done it last Thursday, but the cup is finally home. Oh yeah, the Stanley Cup, big dog. Huge. Finally, that I'm getting. Huge. I'm almost oh, getting I, all. I, I didn't. I didn't even talk about this, Coach. I was at the rally. Okay. And I, I'm, first of all, I, I'm, I'm glad I know this city because I was smart enough to walk immediately to Michigan and Washington, and I stood up on like this uh, platform, and I was able to watch the parade come at me. And I'm not kidding you, when that last bus turned with Jonathan Taves on top of the bus holding the Stanley Cup, if I had a camera, I would have had an amazing picture because I could have had him holding the cup, hanging off the back of the bus, and then all the way down Washington, the streets were full of people. There would have been a million people in my picture. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I, and then I'm not kidding you. So I was smart enough to go a different way around the building, and then I was standing on the ledge of this building, could able to, you know, they barely see the stage. But when they started singing the national anthem, the guy who does the national anthem for the Blackhawks, and then about half the people there, so about a million of the two million people, started screaming at the top of their lungs. I'm getting goosebumps right now thinking about it. It was one of the finest moments of my entire life, and it was funny. You can tell who was a Blackhawks fan and who wasn't. Because, like, half the people were looking at each other like, why is everybody being so disrespectful and screaming? <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> oh, my goodness, Coach. It was, it was so good. It's the Blackhawk way. That's the way it is. Beautiful. Red Hawk, great to hear from you. I'm glad you're doing well. And um, I don't know if you get a Stanley Cup for bringing your – or what kind of cup you might win for your conference championship. But uh, work them hard this summer, and I know you'll get a lot of Ws next year. Yeah, and we're, we're going to work on it. Beautiful. Get it done, Red Hawk. Get it done. All right. See you, boys. Thank you, Red Hawk. 
Uh, we had a little telecommunication situation there, but great to hear from Redhawk, one of our listeners from days going by, and a big fan of yours, Big Dog, on blackandbluecity.com. Another listener. How about that? That's good. That's good. Now, WCIU is, is going to pick us up, people. So mm-hmm. I need as many people to go and give hits there as possible. Please go to WCIU and click on the Black and Blue City link. I'd really appreciate it. No really question. It. No question about it. Hey, real quick, dog, uh, just to finish up the baseball thought, we talked about the Sox knocking off the Cubs, two out of three Cubs winning a thriller yesterday, although nobody hit the ball. But real quick, other news in baseball, Steven Strasburg, the super uh, – Rookie made his second appearance, not quite as good, but still pretty good. Nats beat Cleveland nine to four. He had what eight strikeouts, five walks. Yeah, and he allowed one hit. That's pretty good, coach. Not he bad. Allowed one run in five and a third innings. Yeah, he walked too many people, but he only gave up one run, coach. I'll take that any day of the week. New York Yankees, we had a lot of sweeps. Bring out the brooms. The Yankees swept Houston. The Mets swept the Orioles. Colorado. The Rockies back in the National League West, they sweep a pretty good Toronto team. Uh, San Francisco swept the Oakland A's. Detroit swept the Pittsburgh Pirates interleague play, and the Brooms were out. Big does pretty good, pretty good weekend of baseball. Uh, absolutely a phenomenal weekend of baseball. There were a lot of good games, even though there were, uh, you know, some sweeps, but, uh, and a bunch of near sweeps too, because, uh, there was uh, four teams could have swept on, on Sunday, including mm-hmm. the White Sox over the Cubs, but, uh, there were there were some uh, what do you call it some uh, teams that were able to salvage a series. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, including Philadelphia, which got waxed by Boston two straight, and then uh, able to come back yesterday and beat Boston. The Phillies are struggling right now. Dog, we got to wrap up today's show. We'll do it again tomorrow. Uh, be good out there. Be safe. If the female fans want to find you today, where might they find you? Uh, I will be walking the streets of. Uh... Uh, of Wrigleyville, getting it done, getting posters up for my show, Black and Blue City. Even though there's no Cubs game, they can find you at Wrigleyville today? Yes, they can. What color boxer shorts will you be wearing? Uh, Of course, I'm going commando. (laughs) We'll see you tomorrow at 10 o'clock, folks, if you dare to come back. Thanks for listening.